The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Oh, hi. It is uh, our Thursday show. It is me, Bob. I'm here live. I'm not on tape. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, I'm actually doing a live cold open from now on. Isn't that fun? This will be my fourth time trying this <laughs> this morning because we've had all kinds of technical problems. So here we go again uh, uh, with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase item of the week. In honor of the Hawaiian volcano goddess Pele. It's my favorite hibiscus soap from BubbleGenius.com, literally called Bob's Favorite Hibiscus Soap because I love it so much, they named the soap after me. So these hand soaps come in the form and fragrance of Hawaii's famous hibiscus flowers. They look tropical. They smell like Hawaii. And this is my favorite part. They massage your hands while you wash. Get a three-pack of Bob's Favorite Hibiscus Soap for just 8 bucks only at BubbleGenius.com, and you don't have to worry about any stray lava flows in your backyard, right? I love watching those uh, videos from uh, the Big Island. I know it's harrowing over there, but you see all these giant volcano plumes uh, erupting in the middle of a jungle, and I keep expecting like a T-Rex and a brontosaurus to march through the frame. It's like primordial earth is back. All right, Blue Gal and Drift Glass from the Professional Left Podcast are here today. Has it really been a year since they were here? Yes, it has. We're going to dig into uh, Glenn Greenwald on today's show, so hang on tight. I know Drift Glass and I will have a lot to say about that. He's, he's gaslighting everybody. All right. Also, uh, the latest on Michael Cohen's bribery payments, and that's what we're calling it. Bribery. Which, by the way, bribery is mentioned as a pretext for impeachment in the Constitution. It's there. Go look it up. Uh, also, uh, Trump and North Korea, they're best friends for life now, BFFs. Oh, and also the colossal lie of the week involving the New York Times, Trump, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. All that's coming up on today's show, so Stick around, and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. That's it for the Trump material. That's all. Because, look, I could, and by the way, people that tell me, oh, you comedians must be so happy. Trump is president. It's just all this free material. You know what? Yes, there's a lot of material, but there's too fucking much. It's exhausting. Being a comedian while Trump is president is like, like imagine there's, a, there's an insane man on the sidewalk just shitting on the sidewalk and yelling about Hitler. And so you're looking at it, and you, and you immediately think of the funniest joke about shitting on the sidewalk and yelling. And you turn to tell it to a bunch of people, and then behind you, he's taken the shit and made a sombrero out of it. <laughs> So you turn and you tell your amazing shitting on the sidewalk joke and everyone goes, oh no, that was, dude, turn around. He made a sombrero out of it. Do a sombrero joke. Oh, fuck. I can make, a, I can make fun of shit he did the last couple of days. By the time this thing airs, you guys are gonna be going, wait, what? What was that again? Cause he took his dick out when they lit the Christmas tree. I don't know why. You're talking about Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. Be best. Fuck you! Fuck you! 
From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, May 10, 2018, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you? Hello, Bob. Uh, we are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It is the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen, my good friend, Bo. Find the most interesting lawyer in the world at TheBowenLawGroup.com or just click Bo Bowen's picture on the podcast page at BobSuska.com. All right, it is Trump Crisis Day 480, 179 days until the 2018 midterms. And holy shit, oh my God, look who's here. It is the Professional Left Podcast, Drift Glass, Blue Gal. It's been a year. What the hell have we been doing for the past year? Wow. It's been, it's been nine years, Bob. It's been nine years. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. And you know what? You're completely forgetting, though, Drift Glass. You're, you're forgetting the morning show we used to do back in the 70s. That was great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's so it's great so to- good to be back, and and I'm glad we're back because uh, Bob, we love your listeners. Your listeners yeah. are so awesome to us. Well, they're mine, we and you can't a have year them. Ago, <laughs> they wrote us. They yeah. they let us know that they were glad we were on. They love you. They're they're just and they're politically active people. Yeah. we love them, and they're dead sexy. <laughs> every single one of them. Just every one of them. Easy on the eyes. Smell good. Every last one of them. I love Hi, them. All they smell like hibiscus flowers because of my scent. <laughs> they do. <laughs> all right. So um, I don't even know where to begin because I, I'd like to get just overall where the both of you are in in relation to observing all of this insanity, this nonstop cartoon dictator who just continues to screw everything up and destroy institutions and make sure he's ruining it for everybody and 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 you know the corruption and the incompetence and and the tweets and all of that i mean are we are we looking better than we did a year ago the last time we spoke are things getting uh much much worse i'd like to frame the question differently which is i feel like <laughs> okay. we've turned a corner excellent my wife rejecting like the premise right. of the question <laughs> right out of the box <laughs> excellent she's we've, awesome i'm on i'm yeah, on yeah. <laughs> <Fuck you. laughs> we've turned the corner in the past uh month yeah. i think yeah yeah we uh, are to from the sublime to the ridiculous <laughs> Yes, and yeah. I I really do believe that this whole Cohen nonsense mm-hmm. has turned the tide to uh, and thank you Michael Avenatti for playing the game yeah. Yeah. better so, so, than Trump mm-hmm. uh, withholding information until it can be released you know it, understanding that incessant need for content that the twenty four hour news cycle has and timing it the way he does yep. Uh, he knows how to play that and, and is out trumping Trump in that regard. And I <laughs> yes. think uh, that, has tur- that has helped to turn the corner. We are now, uh, take, I think, taking all of this a little less uh, in, a, in panic mode and going, oh, come on. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, at some point, even Mitch McConnell is going to have to uh, not stand up to Trump. But he has a, he, one thing I trust Mitch McConnell on is he knows how to count votes. Right, and he knows that a tsunami's coming. Yes, he uh, does. So we maybe we talk about that. Um, I want to talk about how thirty million dollars from Shelley Adelson arrived at the House Republicans' door yep. this month, uh, and and the the details of that are astonishing. Yeah, and as we talk uh, about this Cohen situation and and this mm-hmm. payment from this uh, 
this Russian oligarch, uh, what Victor mm-hmm. Vexel, Ve- Vexelberg? Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Is it Vexelberg? Mm-hmm. Uh, that this guy isn't the first Russian oligarch that we've confirmed payments from going to various Republicans. There was another Russian or uh, an oligarch linked to Vladimir Putin who gave mm-hmm. something like two point five million dollars to Mitch McConnell's mm-hmm. pack, and mm-hmm. and we're yeah. all wondering why oh why is Mitch McConnell not bringing that protect Mueller bill to the floor? <laughs> well, right. clearly. Right. Right. Duh. Well, he's obviously. Well, I feel like owned. it's a Monty Python line. You know, it's a Monty Python line of even Politicos stood up and noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was exactly. So bad. Right. Yeah. yeah, everyone's starting to notice shit that we've all talked about for years right. now, and it's just like so. Right. Now, now you're just realizing that this whole thing that started with George W. Bush and then Sarah Palin, and now with Donald Trump, now you mm-hmm. realize after all mm-hmm. of this time that there's a disease inside the Republican Party that's eating it alive. And and well, I like and to with celebrate. It, speaking uh, of George W's, I like to celebrate George Will's uh, rebirth as a vituperative, foul-mouthed blogger of the left. Because, <laughs> uh, suddenly, George Will is ripping off my material from 2000. Three, yeah, which is yeah. which is friggin' amazing. I mean, it really that, that's you. You were asking about where we stand. Um, you know, my wife has to be up to her chin in this stuff every day because of her work at Crooks and Liars, and I I like to just zoom out every now and then and look at it from a, a different altitude and just watch how it's always two thousand and three. <laughs> yeah, always two thousand and three. It's always you know that there's this mounting pressure on the right to just deny reality at all costs. Oh yeah. And then reality is just slapping you in the face with its dick over and over again. <laughs> and it's Jeez. about to fall apart. And all the people who are warning you that it's about to fall apart are going to be completely ignored, bypassed and, and the media and George will and, and all the rest of them are going to step right over us mm. and say, well, of course, this shit all started two years ago. Yeah. So we're all blameless. You know, we had nothing to do with this. But can't we just get past this? Like Peggy Newton getting past partisanship. Can't we all just get past torture? Can't we just move on past this and move on to the next phase of Republicans screwing us? <laughs> and that's what I'm watching for because because while the all this stuff happens every day, I'm mm-hmm. watching. All of the usual suspects, all the people who were calling us traitors three years ago, mm. who were freaking out about Barack Obama's tan suit four years ago, yeah. who were calling him the Kenyan usurper, who are fully on board with the birther movement. All these fuckers are lined up to say, well, you know, we're the edgy uh, vanguard of a new intellectual movement that suddenly noticed the Republican Party is full of Republicans five minutes ago. <laughs> and that's fine, uh, and w- which would be a joke. Except they own the cameras, yeah. yeah. They own the microphones, and they own the printing presses, and they're just gonna—they're in the process of rolling right over us again, and so that our political dialogue in three years will be, I predict, Joe Scarborough and Bill the Bill Crystal on the left, right. and I don't know who the Eric Erickson and some goat on the right, <laughs> and the people who have been right all along about all of this and have been warning and setting our hair on fire for, for literally for decades will simply be written out of the equation unless we find a place to put a crowbar into the machine and make it stop. And I think that's and what the, Blue Gal was saying. We've turned yeah. a corner in the specific political fight of our life, which is right now, yeah. thanks to a hooker, uh, I'm sorry, an adult <laughs> film star, and her really uh, 
uh, pugnacious lawyer. Yeah. Who knows how to throw, who knows right where to hit Trump where it hurts the most. But there's and something. Press there's, and press and press. There's something that's just so beautiful about the fact that uh, we've got on one hand Robert Mueller, who he and his team of untouchables can actually have the potential to bring down this presidency and everyone around it. But at the same time, we've also got. A, an adult film star, Stormy Daniels, who's actually at this point capable of doing the same thing, mm-hmm. and in the context mm-hmm. of a case that they're even not even really involved in. I mean, that's the thing that we're forgetting in this uh, whole Avenatti uh, revelations with the, the the dossier that he released the other day. In fact, a couple of minutes right after we finished doing our Tuesday show, which is how everything <laughs> works according to Pat and Oswald anymore. Right. Uh, right. B- but. Uh, in, in that case, uh, Avenatti and Stormy Daniels have nothing to do with the Southern District of New York. They just go there and they troll the shit out of Michael Cohen and Michael Cohen's legal team and by sitting in the gallery, by hanging out outside and conducting dueling press conferences and press availabilities, gaggles or whatever the hell you want to call them. And I, I, I love that. I just love the fact yep. that the well, biggest... They're laying down a rake, Bob. They're laying down a rake and <laughs> yeah. then Michael Cohen runs over and steps on it and smacks himself in the face. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, two weeks ago it was one hundred thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Now it's a million from a, 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 a Russian oligarch and two hundred k from AT and T. And Novartis paid one point. I want some of that Novartis money. We do. Yeah. I, I want some, some of that Novartis. Half of money. half of it in cash. Just I will take one meeting with you. I will tell you nothing of use of any value to you, and you'll pay me six hundred k. I like that deal. I'm 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 down with that deal. But that that crack in the door because because you knew. We all knew this was just mm-hmm. one big mobbed up, bust out crew. And remember what Deep Throat, uh, speaking of ironic twists of history, um, <laughs> Deep Throat said about said about the Nixon White House. Mm-hmm. Truth is, these guys aren't very bright. No. Well, Nixon's was they were the Manhattan Project yeah. of criminal scandals compared to these idiots. They, yeah. they were just about grabbing as much money as possible and shoving it in their pockets and lawyering up and just bombing people with crap lawyers like Michael Cohen. Uh, when things got sketchy. And that works great when you're a New York real estate scumbag. But it doesn't work really well when you have Robert Mueller breathing down your neck. Yeah. And so now, every it, it literally, it's like drilling for oil in the Arabian Peninsula in the 20s. Wherever you sink a well, there's going to be a gusher. No matter yeah. where you put the yeah. drill in the Trump universe crap just comes pouring out that you knew was there yeah it's kind of a miracle that this this entire crew hasn't been arrested for other things already multiple times over the past 30 years including donald trump himself real estate mark allows that to happen exactly right i mean what what we're talking about here a bunch of little leaguers playing in the in the majors that's what i mean Mm did you use a shitty i hate sports metaphor so i'm already disappointed in myself for bringing that one up but i think it actually (laughs) applies because they actually they've gotten away with so much by dealing with Basically, in comparison to Robert Mueller and the FBI, small potatoes for all this time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's mm-hmm. given them a sense of hubris, like they can do anything just by greasing palms and schmoozing and, and, and of course, intimidating, which is one of the things that Michael Cohen loves to do. Um, but in this case, uh, they're, they're caught. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the, the shit that we've heard about, especially in this past week, is the closest we've ever had as far as uh, evidence of collusion, direct money exchange. Mm-hmm. between one entity and another. And I loved uh, what Avenatti was saying on Rachel Maddow last night with regard to something that I've actually been saying for the last few days as well, which is not that these are bribery payments, 
obviously that could be the case. I mean, we could be looking at bribery here. And as I said at the top of the show, that's also uh, enumerated as one of the, uh, the, the, the reasons for impeachment in, in the Constitution. But at the same time, I think uh, when Avenatti said last night that, that that bribery is probably the best case scenario for yes, Michael right. Cohen and Donald Trump. The worst case yeah. scenario is what I think this actually is. I think this is Michael Cohen collecting at least up until he wasn't able to anymore, collecting as much cash as he as he could to stash it away for Donald Trump and the Trump organization once Trump leaves office. So suddenly right. Trump steps out and we're all cheering and we're all celebrating because Trump is finally done uh, as president of the United States. And meanwhile, Donald Trump gets a gigantic check. You know, obviously with uh, Cohen's 10% taken out, but... You know, gets a gigantic check uh, from Michael Cohen uh, to put in his uh, put in his bank account or to pay his back Mar-a-Lago account. Yeah, yeah. to pay back yeah. Deutsche Bank and all the people he owes mm-hmm. money to. Because it's still my contention that Donald Trump is broke, that he's deeply right. in debt, and he's actually floating on debt. That's that's the illusion of wealth that he presents. He's just spending on on credit right now, which he's getting mostly through. Russia. So this is this is I mean, these are all payments that uh, that maybe AT and T and Novartis and uh, Korean Aerospace Industries thought was I don't know pay for access, which is what might we're hearing more and more. And in, in or fact, as Michael as Michael Avenatti said last night, it might be pay for silence because you remember at the beginning of Trump's administration, he was tweeting about Macy's. He was tweeting tweeting about uh, yeah. you know the Air Force One deal, and yeah. he could make the stock market crash on a specific company in the morning. Mm. And eventually they built up an immunity to that where Trump's tweets didn't affect the market as much anymore. But at that time, uh, at the time that these negotiations were going on, you know, it might have been, as, as Avenatti said to Rachel last night, might be paid not to tweet about your company. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, that but um, might be it. Yeah. On the flip side, Blue Gal. Uh, yeah. He did save all those carrier jobs, and those people. <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh no, no that's right. That no, never he didn't. actually he happened. He did not do um, that at all. But Driftless, you did talk about the crowbar and getting that crowbar in. Yeah. Because what happens to Trump supporters once all this crashes down is? Ooh, ooh, and this, I know. And I know. You know. You know. Sure. We We've all, all this. This been. This is a rerun. We're we're sitting right. through the the third rerun of the same movie. Yeah. And yep. it's they yep. will put and on it's funny be tea hats. party all over again, and they'll yeah. be constitutional conservative independence and, yep. and Michael Smirconish will lead the way for them to have a, be independence for about eight months Yep, when they can vote in Republican primaries again and vote for awful people to do awful things. And, and so watch for Trump. the word, watch for the word in the media, Trumpism. Yeah. Right? Because Trumpism isn't the Republican Party. No. Trumpism is a completely different thing that only happened once Donald Trump came down the escalator. It's a disease. Is what it is, and you know it's it's something that we can totally it will be totally erased once Trump is gone. We'll be back to no, the Republican Party had nothing to do with this. We're not responsible, and yet Republican base voters said over and over again, Trump is saying what I'm thinking. Yeah, Donald Trump got more Republican primary votes than any other candidate in history, mm-hmm. and yet. The Joe Scarboroughs and the Hugh Hewitts and and the Never Trumpers. This is when it all comes back together and gels, saying, "Oh, Donald Trump, Trumpism. This is you know a, f- a fault of the of the Trump 
phenomenon yeah. right. rather than the Republican Party. Right. It's yeah. not me. It's not my party. Um, yep. May I uh, read you one sentence? Okay. Just just lay it out there as kind of a this, – this just delights me. When I go through my own archives, I find it. <laughs> uh, a, a gentleman uh, uh, whom we all know uh, said this uh, a short time ago. And I'll, I'll leave. I'll let you know who it is after. Okay. After I say it, Republicans uh, won this election in part because they reestablished their party's traditional personality. The beau ideal of American Republicanism is the prudent business leader who is active in the community, active at church, and fervently devoted to national defense. That's uh, David Brooks, November fifth, two thousand and fourteen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They, yeah. It's but it's that's the thing. There's this there's this fantasy Republican Party that exists in the imaginations of a thousand people who live inside the beltway. It doesn't exist mm-hmm. anywhere else. There's no constituency for it. It doesn't exist. It hasn't existed, if at all, for 25 years. But by God, we are going to declare that Donald Trump is some freakish black swan anomaly and that the real Republican Party, which is always just around the corner, is <laughs> is coming to save us. And all those people who were, who supported George Bush and called us traitors and called us monsters and said we were idiots, including David Brooks, will take a breath once it all collapses, declare that they never said those things, those things never happened, that conservatism is this other thing over here, that the true Republican Party, which will be led by – in 2014, it was going to be led by Tom Cotton, by yep. the way, in terms of mm-hmm. irony. Yes, right. Um, and, and, that, and it will all recycle. So the question for me, the big question is always, where do you, where's the crease where you can jam the liberal crowbar to make it stop? Yeah. yeah where's, and, where's the fault line? And th- this, is a, this is an area, area where I think the three of us disagree just a little bit, but I, 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 think it's, I think we disagree less than we might think on the surface, and this has to do with the never-Trumpers. And uh, on one hand, I, I completely sympathize with you, and in fact, as we watch Gina Haspel uh, stagger her way to confirmation, and I, I think she's going yep. to be confirmed. Um, we have to remember that Gina Haspel did what she did at that black site and the destruction of the tapes of the torture that went on at that black site. She did that under the regime of George W. Bush and Nicole Wallace and, and of <laughs> course, Steve Schmidt and all the people who we now kind of revere as, well, for lack of a better term, helpers in the Trump <laughs> era. <laughs> but they were in charge when that all went down. So on one hand... I'm not prepared to forgive all of the shit. And Lord knows I went through bloody hell as a consequence of the recession at the tail end of that second term of the George W. Bush years. And so I'm not I'm not willing. I'm not sitting here necessarily forgiving all the people who were responsible for that. I'm not forgiving them for elevating a doofus like George W. Bush, which set the table for a doofus like Sarah Palin, which set the table for a doofus like Donald Trump and then all of the doofuses that surround Donald Trump. So I'm fully aware of that. But at the same time, I feel like, well, you know, I'm not necessarily buying into this as a long-term thing that suddenly they're seeing the light and they're realizing that the, the, the awfulness that they've foisted upon the world by allowing all of those doofuses, I'm willing to at least accept them and accept their help in defeating Donald Trump for now. And I feel like once we're outside of this crisis, then we can start talking about, you know, you're to blame for this and you're to blame for that other thing. And what, where's the comeuppance here? Are you going to continue along those lines now that Trump is impeached or resigned or is voted out or loses the primary in 2020 or whatever, whatever eventuality happens with once Trump is gone, 
Can mm-hmm. we talk about this in a serious way with those people and say, are you mm-hmm. willing to take mm-hmm. and accept responsibility for the destruction you have wrought? And I'm not talking about the rift inside the Republican Party. I'm not talking about that no. kind of destruction. Right. I'm right. talking about right. the destruction and the damage of Donald Trump, of getting to the point where, yeah, we finally, we've given you your your businessman president. How about that? Mm-hmm. We've got a businessman yep. president yep. who, shocker, doesn't know jack shit about how Washington, D.C. and American politics functions, not from a historical perspective, not from a contemporary perspective, not from a looking down the road to see future ramifications and blowback perspective. He doesn't understand anything about it other than what he's learned on Fox News Channel. Can you explain that? And can you tell us that you are genuinely and legitimately sorry for the Republican strategy that manifested itself beginning with Richard Nixon and has led right to Donald Trump? And you can mark that, and I'm sure you both have done this where you can take all sure. the steps along the way that led us to here yep. and if they and if they do if they fall on their sword and say yes we're willing to work with you now that trump is out of president and we're ready to establish and re-establish some of the things that were good we're ready to reform some of the things that are bad either within our party or within government at that point you know i'll just i'll give a polite round of applause and go thank sure. you and and that to me that's that's going to be the turning point that's going to be the deciding factor as to whether or not we chastise them and we punch them in the gut in some cases or whether we embrace them and say you know what all of us normals are going to work together to move forward as a country yeah well, there's a difference between nicole wallace and joe scarborough i think yes yeah nicole yes. wallace has said i am a former republican i am yes. a recovering i'm recovering from this well scarborough, and, scarborough has too and i'm not necessarily defending well, but scarborough, scarborough isn't serious about it i mean i don't believe scarborough <laughs> when he says that mm. i believe Nicole Wallace saying, I'm a former Republican. Yeah. I, you know, Joe Scarborough changing his uh, voter registration in Florida. <laughs> he's an independent <laughs> then, now, honey. He's an independent. Yeah, he's yeah. an independent. Exactly. Uh-huh. And and also uh, completely ignoring the once a month. I went back and looked at Twitter, and you can do this. Um, just search Twitter for on the phone Donald Trump. And find out that around the 17th of every month from November of 2015 through August of 2016, Donald Trump was on the phone with Joe Scarborough. (sighs) And monthly. Monthly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, then there was the July 2016 uh, conversation between Mika and Michael Steele about Donald's got his groove back. (laughs) And he gives a speech in Ohio and it's so great and it's on trade and jobs and... No one speaks to America like Donald Trump does. No, he is a no, unique no. voice. Fuck <laughs> you! And, and so, yeah. One more. So, one more. Oh, I'm sorry, darling. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. You give me well, another example. <laughs> one more. One. Just one more note. Uh, okay. George Bush was the first businessman president. He <laughs> ran on, right. on his MBA. He didn't run on, on his his record as governor. He ran as the MBA president. But, but still, but still, he was. I mean, he did have some experience sure. in, in electoral yes, politics. So he did at least knew. Second, from a and also from a family perspective, I'm not. And again, I'm, that, not, I'm not defending George W. Bush. I'm just saying that. No, no. But that moment for, okay, this now let's let's all join hands and put this fiasco behind us and work together came in 2007. Yeah, yeah. Where were these yeah. people then? It was it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. And none and everyone who had supported George Bush did what they're doing now. I it wasn't me. wasn't my fault. I'm an independent. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, look, there's Barack Obama over there. Let's start talking about his birth certificate. And there was no moment at the end of the Bush administration for truth and reconciliation. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nancy Pelosi yeah. said, I, I, I'm not going to impeach the guy, but we do have to talk about these things. Yeah. At that moment, you let these people off the hook. 
I swear to God, the next time you're going to find them uh, is in your bed with a knife in your back. <laughs> because, yeah. I, you know, like, like Joe Scarborough, my, I am a church-going man myself. I, I, am, I am an usher at my church. I teach Sunday school at my church. And you know what? You know what they teach us? They teach us confession, atonement, repentance. Yeah. Forgiveness. When forgiveness was the last is time? Last. Then forgiveness. Yes. <laughs> when was the last time you heard any of these people, and, and Jennifer Rubin's an exception, and Nicole Wall, when did these people confess, you know what? The left was right all along. Mm-hmm. Where where's the atonement? Yeah, I'd love to hear where's that. Where's the repentance? Uh, we're not, where's we're, any of this shit? It's no no. Let's go to the forgiveness part. And you know who said yeah. something about that? It was um oh I uh, I want a ger- uh, uh, German pastor who opposed oh. Hitler. Oh, yeah. um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer called Bonhoeffer. this cheap grace. Yeah. This yep, is cheap, cheap grace. grace. Yeah. I want the forgiveness without doing any of the work. I want to jump on the bandwagon as long as we're talking about Trump and not the Republican Party. I'm down with you. But the minute, the minute this changes, I'm going to be at your throat again because I'm not going to repent. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to atone. What I am going to do is I'm going to make a lot of money writing mm-hmm. books yeah. and appearing on talk shows and, and mm-hmm. writing columns in the Washington Post that sound eerily similar to what Drift Glass was writing in 2006. Yeah. Well, okay, why not just put Drift Glass in Washington Post? Well, we can't because he's a liberal. <laughs> and liberals are not allowed to be right ever under any circumstances yeah. at all. Yeah. So, okay, I, I, and I'm willing to, to be wrong about this, but I've been through this movie three times already. Yeah. And I'm, not willing yeah. to, I, I'm willing to go through it a fourth. I'm willing to get out on a limb and say, okay, let, let us all sit and reason together. But the first thing you got to do, my, my dear friend Rick Wilson, who blocks me, my good friend Charles Sykes, who blocks me on Twitter, Matt, Matthew Dowd, who blocks me for pointing out shit that a year ago – he now completely repudiates without ever acknowledging that he was wrong. Yeah. Um, the same thing over and over again, which is I don't want to admit I was wrong. I don't want to tug on this thread because the minute we oh, start yeah. holding people in my profession accountable, holy shit, half of my colleagues are going to be gone. Well, that, you know what? That, all in on this shit. It, that is actually kind of, I think that is uh, what everyone wants on social media now, left, right, and center, is to save face and i think and that's why we have such horrible discourse right now that's why and and of course uh, you know again that has a long shadow and it's been building to this moment but you know this is why it's going on because no one wants to admit that they were wrong whether it's uh never trumpers whether it's uh uh, the, the greenwald left no one wants to discuss those things no one wants to fall on their sword and say hey you know what i i was wrong about that thing but you know what intellectuals you know what intellectuals do they learn things as they go and they adjust their opinions according to new facts and so this is i'm willing to give a little bit more latitude along those lines it's suddenly like oh yeah now now you've seen now you've seen what 30 40 years of of bargain basement republican politics has gotten us now that it's evolved all the way to donald trump and now good luck good luck ramming this back into the tube uh and and here's here's a Here's a, a key word. Listen for Trumpism, but the other key word, and I know you know this, is if they're willing to, to talk smack about Trump and the next word out of their mouth is, but both sides are pretty bad. Yeah. The minute you hear that, you know they're not sincere. You know yeah, they're you're right. goddamn word of it. You're and right. that is absolutely common. I, I listened to Mona Sharon, uh, who was for some reason on the Chris Hayes show just a couple of days ago, who was, who was slapping Donald Trump back and forth. But, but you know, 
both sides are just steeped in hatred at this point. I mean, <laughs> what does the Democratic Party even stand for? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. okay, I, last I heard, being against the Nazis was pretty cool. I mean, you didn't have to have a whole social program behind it. It's stop the bad guys seems like a pretty good... But I, I can quote you chapter and verse from healthcare policy, manufacturing policy, employment policy, foreign yeah. policy. I, we can do that if you want, Mona, but you don't really want to hear that. What you want to hear is both sides are wrong, and I'm above it all because yeah. I've realized my higher calling, which is to be Chuck Todd, apparently. So, <laughs> you know, good you, for her. You, you keep mentioning, too, uh, the idea of reruns, the idea of uh, seeing the same thing happening over and yeah. over again. Um, and I think we're starting to see that now. I've got this kind of, I've got lots of crazy theories in the age of Trump. I feel like I've got my <laughs> tinfoil hat here and I should be putting it on. But the difference between, I think, my theories and, say, uh, I don't know, Alex Jones's theories is I'm not married to them, and I readily admit that I don't necessarily have documentation to back them up. But what I do have is some history and some precedent here. And yeah. I think moving on to the uh, the Iran deal and Trump's obvious violation of the Iran deal moving forward yeah. uh, is possibly a return to what we saw in 2002. In 2002, we were leading up to a big midterm election, the first midterm election of the George W. Bush administration. Uh, Likewise, we're leading up to a big midterm, Trump's first midterm election of this administration. We also have, uh, in 2002, we have the drumbeat for war in Iraq. We also have the drumbeat for the global war against terrorism and the accusation that, uh, that Iraq is sponsoring terrorism and Al-Qaeda and all that, all those lies that we were told uh, mm-hmm. back in, uh, mm-hmm. in 2002. Plus, we have the potential uh, for another repeat of 2002, which is using all of these things, the war on terror and, of course, uh, the drumbeat for uh, war in a uh, Middle Eastern country that could possibly be developing WMD. Uh, we have that being used against Democrats like Max Cleland and against other Democrats yeah. uh, tarnishing and, or tarring and feathering them as being with the terrorists or somehow unpatriotic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I'm afraid that, um, that what's happening and the reason for the, uh, the sudden nature of pulling out of the Iran deal now in, in, uh, in 2018 leading up to, to a midterm is a repeat of what we saw in 2002. Like Donald Trump mm-hmm. deliberately timed this uh, along with John Bolton in order to play that game all over again. To, to pop that right. VHS tape in from 2002 and run it all over again. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to run roughshod all over these Democrats who think they're going to have a blue wave by saying they're all with the terrorists because they refuse right. to invade Iran, which is harboring terrorism, and now they're developing nuclear weapons. So we have the whole yellow cake bullshit and the mushroom cloud right. bullshit that we saw in 2002. All of that has a basis in foreign policy now with Donald Trump pulling out of that Iran deal. And so I'm, I'm afraid that we're going to see that whole game played out once again. Well, you remember what, remember what Andy Card said? Yeah. You don't introduce new products in August. In August, right. It, right. Dur- during the run-up to the Iraq war, what, what was he saying? Well, you know, this is basically, this is a marketing thing. We got, we, we're here to sell this so that we can leverage it during the midterms. It isn't uh, isn't isn't May a sweeps month? <laughs> I think it's a sweeps month. I actually do. I think they're. I think this is when they do the ratings. So I think now is is kind of the perfect time for Trump to have rolled this out because if August is the worst time to unveil something new, maybe May is the best time to uh, yeah, unveil now something that, new. Bob, you're just crazy. You and your crazy liberal crazy talk. You're a little crazy. Screw me. Fuck me is what I have to say. Right. Fuck 
Fuck you! Okay. Um, uh, apparently, apparently, Dick Cheney was asked on Fox and Friends this morning about about enhanced interrogation, and he said, "If it were my call, I would not discontinue those programs." Oh, I'm sorry, right. Fox Business. He was interviewed on Fox Business this morning. Uh-huh. I want to know what Dick Cheney thought. Well, Dick Cheney looks so, at the rest of the human race as his walking organ banks. So, yeah, you know, that's, yeah, that's yeah. not terribly surprising that he would, yeah. yeah, sure, take whatever you want out of him. Just make sure you plug it in, make sure it fits, you know? That's right. We're all here to be harvested, uh, our organs to be harvested mm-hmm. by Dick Cheney, right? Mm-hmm. Bob, I think a lot of this bringing up uh, Bush 2 and deciding that you're going to run against Democrats as terrorists is really going to backfire. Yeah. Uh, this is a different electorate than was yes. – we forget that. This is a different electorate than 2002, oh, 2003. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the one, the one big difference is we don't have 9-11 just a year before. Yet, I think 9/11, yet, yeah, yes, true. we don't have 9-11 yet. <laughs> yet, thank you. Oh, uh, God. The, the, uh, we don't have 9-11 yet, but also, you know, the, the gun issue has flipped. Uh, and, and I think there's, there is just a generational racial – uh, gender shift in the electorate mm-hmm. uh, that this election is going to be about women and health care. Women yes, and health care. Yes, it is. And I, by the way, in 2002, we hadn't, I don't believe, yet pissed away all of the Clinton surplus, which, <laughs> let's true. remember, yeah. the only, the sole domestic policy on which George Bush ran was getting rid of the terrible, terrible budget surplus. And that is one promise that that son of a bitch absolutely kept uh, in spades. So you got to give him that. He did get rid of that awful budget surplus that was ruining our economy. <laughs> right. All right. You know, I want to talk about one more thing here uh, uh, before we take a break, which is uh, to me, the, the you know, we watch lies just fly by our faces multiple times an hour, practically. You know, we've got thousands of them documented by Donald Trump and the people around him. Uh, but th- there was a lie that was floating around yesterday that just infuriated me because there wasn't even the slightest bit of truth to it. Not even like something they could use to wiggle out of. And this is specifically um, based on a Trump tweet and also something that Sarah Huckabee Sanders said in the press room during her uh, briefing yesterday. So first we have Trump tweeting, the failing New York Times criticized Secretary of State Pompeo for being AWOL. And then in parentheses, he writes missing as if people aren't going to understand what AWOL means. Uh, because he just found out probably what AWOL means. He, he uh, invented that, actually. He invented that He word. invented yeah. AWOL. Yeah. Uh, when, in fact, he was flying to North Korea. Fake news. So bad. So bad. And, of course, one of the things that I've been talking about is the ongoing Trump whining. Everything is whining. Everything is so unfair to Trump. The biggest whiner in the history of whiners. On top of being the biggest crook or the worst crook, the dumbest crook in the history of dumb crooks. Um, so, so he said that, and of course, that's based on something that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Emerson Lake, and Palmer said uh, in the press room. And here's here's Sarah Sanders also repeating that same lie. Just yesterday, the New York Times accused the Secretary of State for being a wall, a wall when he was flying across the globe to bring three Americans home. That is an outrageous claim. Mm-hmm. Wrong, 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 wrong. All right, that gets like 12 wrongs. Um, and also one of these. Wrong. Okay, so here's the actual story. If you actually went and read the New York Times article, it doesn't say anything along those lines. It is not what 
is written in the New York Times article. If you if no. you look at the New York Times article, it does talk about where Mike Pompeo was when the Iran deal was signed. The whole point of this New York Times piece is that is that Donald Trump announced this brand new foreign policy initiative which is pulling out of the Iran deal which could have ongoing consequences, ongoing blowback for, as far as I'm concerned, for decades we're talking about here. That's how horrendous this decision was. So that's the point of the article. Not anywhere in the article does it say the word missing or the acronym AWOL or the acronym MIA or anything similar. Not once in this article does it say, where's Pompeo? Pompeo's hiding somewhere. No one knows where Pompeo is. That's not what the article is about. Here's like the first two paragraphs of this article. Here's the lead. When President Trump made the surprise announcement in March that he would soon meet with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson was thousands of miles away and absence interpreted as a sign of Mr. Tillerson's irrelevance. Mr. Trump soon replaced Mr. Tillerson with Mike Pompeo, who was promised to bring back the State Department's swagger and import. But on Tuesday, when Mr. Trump made what could be the most significant diplomatic announcement of his presidency, that he would exit the Iran deal, his chief diplomat was again thousands of miles away, this time on an unannounced visit to Pyongyang, the North's capital, to lay further groundwork for a summit meeting between Mr. Kim and Mr. Trump. So, what Donald Trump said when he said that the failing New York Times criticized Pompeo for being AWOL when in fact he was flying to North Korea is, of course, a gigantic goddamn lie. If you know, And then every single one of his flying monkeys that appeared in his thread after he tweeted that, Jack Posobiec and Jacob Wall and all of these mm-hmm. prepubescent douchebags are following along with that. They go in and reply. Well, did you read the article? Well, of course, they don't respond to any of that because they don't no. read. They just, whatever Sarah Huckabee Sanders says, whatever Donald Trump says, that is the truth. And that's what they went with. So that that is just, that was one of those things that just, I... I Whenever you see these things go by, it's very easy to take them for granted because they happen so often. But I do think that we need to stop and ponder once in a while when a real whopper lie drops in our laps. And of course, this was a gigantic whopper lie because, you know, the reason it was brought up at all yesterday is because during the press briefing, obviously the reporters there were badgering Sarah Huckabee Sanders about why Donald Trump said he was going to strip them of their credentials. I think actually what's going on here is a, a, a masterful subliminal advertising campaign. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, to If you just shift the emphasis a little bit, it's it's a wall. Yeah. A wall. I want people repeating <laughs> the phrase a wall over and over again. Sarah, can you get out there and make them say a wall a million times? I'd really appreciate you out there. Force them to say it. Say it. They're my words. Put my dick in their mouth, Sarah. Make them say a wall a million wow. times. That's right. I forgot because mm-hmm. it sounds like a wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. Maybe that's what he thought right. Sarah Huckabee said. There's Pompeo. Pompeo's going to check out a wall. <laughs> See, you thought you had the craziest damn theory. No. <laughs> No, I do. I do, Bob. I get. I get. I own that for today, um, because it. It. It's. It. This. This is what robs me of my words, and I have many, many words. I know. Me too. Um, and and you I have listen the, to the best I words. To by you. the way, I do have the. Uh, well, I used to have the best words, but they were all taken from me. Um, I listen to you. I listen to you on, uh, on 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 Mama's show when uh, you're on there, and there is a pronounced. Um, um, I don't know. There's. 
we've used up all our analogies. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's nothing to analogize this to. It is so. There's nothing to say. Donald Trump is as bad as X. No, he is the definition of bad. Now. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and trying to trying to make sense of it. This is where not not you, of course, Bob, because you're a genius. <laughs> but um, a, a lot of my liberal friends and and colleagues are trying to find the secret hook here trying to find the right combination of words that will make this all make sense. You can see Chris Hayes struggling with this every time he has some just lying sack of shit and sitting in front of him. He, he tried to, but what about this other sentence? Maybe if I structured this word a little differently. <laughs> no, they're just liars. Yeah. They're just lying, thieving, asshole, racist crooks. Yep. And they're rubbing your face in it because they got elected. They won. Yeah. And now they get to do whatever the, f- and Donald Trump, I swear, really did believe that Barack Obama was a tyrant who could wave a magic presidential wand, do whatever he wanted to do. He believed all that bullshit. And he th- and now he's going through the, the, the resolute desk looking for the magic wand. Well, no, isn't, isn't it? You're a president. You're a king, so I get to do whatever the hell I want, right? Well, that, so I yeah. can have Russians in here. I can loot the place. I can put Pruitt in charge of things. I can I, lie my ass off. Yeah. Because Obama did all those things, right? That's the pisser of it, because Donald Trump, what Donald Trump is doing is he's so subpar when it comes to basically all previous presidents. And not, not even yes. basically. He's subpar to everyone who has served in that office before him. And right. what he's doing, though, insofar as he cannot surpass any of the deals that previous presidents have made, whether it's the Iran deal, whether it's NAFTA, whether it's TPP, whether on down the list, whether it's the Paris Accords, he can't surpass any of that, and he's not going to surpass it with Kim Jong-un. He's not going to no. surpass it with some sort of new renegotiated Iran deal, which is a figment of his goddamn addled imagination. Instead, what he's doing is he's figuring what, what he can do is just do anything that looks like it's something amazing, and then if he packages it and markets it as being amazing— then it's mm-hmm. going to be amazing. And then everyone will have to say, hey, look at that. That's pretty amazing. Like the release of these hostages overnight from North Korea. Never will you hear Donald Trump admit that two of those hostages were taken during his term right. as president. Right. 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 He's, right? He's never going to admit that in Barack Obama's first year, two hostages, in this case, journalists, were released from North Korea under Barack Obama. He's never going to admit any of those things. He's never going no. to admit that whatever accord he's going to reach with Kim Jong-un on June 12th uh, in Singapore, which is where they're, they're going to be apparently meeting, he's never going to admit that whatever terms he comes up with with uh, Kim Jong-un, if it's uh, uh, denuclearization or if it's uh, uh, any number of things that are opening up uh, North Korea to Western businesses, whatever concessions Kim Jong-un makes or doesn't make, none of that matters because he's not going to be talking about the details of the arrangement. He's not going to talk about how these hostages or what the United States gave up to get those hostages released. He's not going to talk about the long-term blowback of negotiating with North Korea for the release of hostages after they've been popping off rockets and typo dong missiles for the last however many years. So, mm-hmm. so what, what we're looking at here is a guy who says he comes up with the best deals and anyone else outside of his administration who always comes up with the worst deals, 
but we're never going to know the details of his actual deals because they aren't. I mean, they're absolutely. You think that Donald Trump is going to be able to come up with a better deal with Iran yeah. than what John yeah. Kerry and Barack Obama were able to negotiate with the uh, what, whatever the whatever the foreign policy equivalent of Trump University is what he will do. <laughs> it will be well, a complete. And, and- and to get yeah. serious for a moment, uh-huh. no one in the Trump administration is talking about human rights in North Korea. No. no. They have abandoned the people of North Korea who are starving to death yeah. and who are locked in prisons to get a good press release out of this. Uh-huh. And and because the, the only one they're playing to, they're playing to that 34, 35, 36% of the of the Fox shallow News end addicts. of the American Yeah, shallow yep. end of the American gene pool who are just absolutely willing to believe anything he says who will, who would throw themselves into that live volcano in Hawaii and with their dying breath curse Barack Obama for the ouchie ouchie before they die and and that's all he cares about and if he needs to he will invent uh, a nobler prize <laughs> I, I'm even noblest prize the Donald Trump and it'll be five feet wide it'll made, be made out of brass and he'll present it to himself and uh-huh. his people will applaud right it, they real because they're the chumps who bought steaks and and ties and water and trump university they're it's all the same you know pardon me qvc idiots <laughs> who 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 just they had to find a place to put the money and passion they were giving to televangelists in the 90s and the mm-hmm. 80s and they yeah. gave it to this guy and they'll give it to the next clown they're the problem that's the problem that we that that our media really, really doesn't want to talk about. Once you acknowledge that the problem with the country is a third of our voters are completely unfit to be grown-up citizens of our country. <laughs> yes, Then you. what do you do? What's your next sentence after that? What's your solution to that? I yeah. mean, I'm all for some form of re-education, perhaps in a beautiful desert location for many, many of them. But that's just me. I'm a bad person. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a liberal. You know what you have um, to do, Drift Glass? You have to try better at being best. Be best. Be best. Be best. Be best. We have to be best. Be best. Be best. Oh, that's my ringtone. Oh, did you, did you see Schumer? <laughs> Chuck Schumer totally trolled Donald Trump this morning. He I gotta did. get he to did. this. Speaking of be best, uh, uh, Donald Trump tweeted today uh, Senator Crying Chuck Schumer fought hard against the bad Iran deal, even going at it with President Obama, and then blah, 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 blah. Trump went on and on and on, but referred to Chuck Schumer once again as crying Chuck Schumer. And of course, Chuck Schumer tweeted back to Donald Trump with... Be best. To be best. He did hashtag, hashtag. Be best. Oh, God. All right. um, What was was I going to bring up, too? Oh, yeah, regarding Kim Jong-un. Uh, Donald Trump said in his remarks last night from Air Force One up in uh, PG County, Maryland, he said, uh, we want to thank Kim Jong-un. Donald Trump's thanking Kim Jong-un publicly, who was really excellent. He was really excellent to these three incredible people. He also referred to Kim Jong-un as nice. So Donald Trump, who believes that, I mean, literally, he believes that he has everything to do with what's going on on the Korean Peninsula right now. He said at his rally the other night, he said, you know, what does Trump have to do with North Korea? And then he answered his own question and said, how about everything? (sighs) Be best. Yep. Right. uh, He's he's trying to be best. best. Um, But, you know, this leading up to all of this is Donald Trump calling Kim Jong-un, obviously a madman in November of 2017, calling him short and fat and, and referring to him as little rocket man. And then suddenly April 2018, very honorable, nice, excellent. 
such a good guy, well, except for I, all those I, I human also, rights abuses, right? I have wondered if, if since the uh, White House press corps is never going to summon the internal fortitude to just get up and walk out, which yeah. is what they should do. <laughs> right. um, if, yeah. if they just sort of handed out among themselves old Trump tweets and just asked the White House without attribution, Sarah, what do you think of this uh Calling Kim Jong Un uh, fat and stupid and slow and lazy and little rocket man. Does the White House stand be- beside and just go through the list of all the crazy, con- contradictory, evil shit that Donald Trump's own people do not remember him ever saying, even yeah. though it was five minutes ago? And just make those your questions, just because you're never going to get her to answer anything except I refer you to outside counsel. Well, you know what? What's your sh- uh, outside counsel for that too? Is he ever going to buy a dog? The outside counsel will answer. The so why bother showing up? Either yeah. send either send children to ask children questions mm. or just start asking her about random crazy shit that Donald Trump said five years ago and just see what she'll do. Because she's clearly not ever going to quit because she has no soul or shame. And she's never going to give you an honest answer. Yeah. So again, the question then becomes, once you reach that conclusion about a person, then what do you do? What's your what's your response acknowledging that this misshapen lie potato in front of you is going to be there until her dress falls off from from stairs from the audience? So what do you do with that as a as a member of the free press, as a defender of the First Amendment? um, Isn't it your job to start reporting on her as the problem? Yeah. Yeah. And and talking about the the problem is not Donald Trump. The problem is the Republican Party manifested its most. Um, basic and, and and consistent impulses in one human being. The problem is those people because that forces the conversation into a very different place. Yeah, which they, is what do you do? Yeah. Well, they they totally underestimated the uh, the the heft of the system. They figured, well, you know what, the system will filter out people like Donald Trump, and we we may not have to worry about that. But it's a they were definitely wrong on that. Well, you know what, we're uh, we're up against the break. We're going to take one break, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about. Right. We're going to talk. Maybe you know what, I want to get into uh, Greenwald because Greenwald's uh, busily today gaslighting everybody. On, uh, I'm going to sign off for that and let you guys talk about that. I've got to get back to work. <laughs> but right. you guys are going to have your your uh, man cave talk. Very about special right. Greenwald. Green yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, back with more show right after these words. Hi. Hey. How you doing? Hey. Uh, let me ask you a question. You gotten anything for your dad for Father's Day yet? Oh, balls. Yeah, I totally forgot too. No, I mean I got him oh balls soap. Bubble Genius makes soap that look like golf balls and smell like fresh-cut grass in metal buckets. Get out of town! He's crazy for the golf! Don't forget your dad this Father's Day. Bubble Genius has balls and more for the first man in your life. BubbleGenius.com The Bob Seska Show! Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our big Thursday show. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for continuing to shop through our Amazon link at BobSeska.com. Uh, you can find it. If you, if you don't know about our Amazon link, it's uh, it's at BobSeska.com, just beneath the logo, the all-caps Amazon link. It takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping as normal, but we, co- we collect a teeny tiny uh, fee for some of the things you buy. Thank you for doing that. All right. Uh, 
Blue Gal and Drift Glass are with us right now. The Professional Left Podcast is what they do. Um, oh, but we've lost, we've lost Blue Gal. Did she really? Did she really bail because we we're going to talk about Greenwald? <laughs> no, she she really bailed because she has to. She's actually cranking on uh, Crooks and Liars today. Oh, okay, all right, I see. So, so. she had to punch out, and she figured. What better time to exit the conversation? So then? she's gone. It's just the two she's of gone. us for the rest so, of the show. All right. Loosen Lose oh our God. belts. All, all right. right. Yeah. Shirts come out. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about Glenn Greenwald. Because you know what? I uh for the last couple of years, I've sort of pulled myself out of the Greenwald business. I'm not I'm I'm yeah. no longer in Greenwald's face twenty four seven, which I was Same here. throughout yeah. 2013, 2014. But now, you know, it's interesting. Uh, drift glass um going back to what a lot of us were writing about really you and i and and a number of other people were writing about during the uh edward snowden business that was going on in 2013 and that led us into 2014 and and how that entire matter really exposed glenn greenwald for being (sighs) who basically became a guy's uh, personal media flack, and he continues yeah. to do that today. I think a lot of what we've been hearing about Glenn Greenwald with regard to Russia is deeply influenced by the fact that uh, Edward Snowden remains a welcome guest of Vladimir Putin in Moscow. I think that's something that Glenn Greenwald doesn't want to jeopardize, so therefore he's taken the position by going any, meeny, miny, mo. which position am I going to take? And he's taken the one, of course, the contrarian position, like sure. always, sure. and, you know, doing his whole thing about, well, you know, we hear a news story about Russia or something that the Trump administration has done. And his whole his whole deal, like always, is to not address that, but then to turn to the rest of the people, rest of us, rest of us normals and go, tisk 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 don't you know that you people did the same goddamn thing and sure. uh and so that's that's his his entire position is scolding people who actually see uh, all kinds of criminality and fault with the trump administration so i punched out of there uh I, I still return every now and then to to my old stomping grounds but once pete omidyar gave him a couple of hundred million dollars to go you know build a media empire yeah uh, to do whatever you want he sort of left my pay grade um, and I, 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 but there is a certain kind of parallel to the way that you might've noticed how, uh, the poor silenced conservatives among us, uh, are being, uh, are pleading their case for how silenced they are in places like the New York times and the, and the wall street journal and the Washington post. There seems to be no uh, lack of platforms for conservatives in major media outlets to talk about how silenced they are by the major media. <laughs> and I remind them of the good old days when Glenn Greenwald would go from MSNBC to NBC to CBS to CNN to RT, each place complaining that no one would put him on the air to, 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 hear his side of the story over and over and over again. Right. So he's always been a sort of self-pity machine, but he's also always been really clear about he's like an old line Marxist in, in a certain way. He really, his theory is crash the whole system. Yeah. And then something, something big uprising and something, something <laughs> we will recognize Glenn Greenwald's genius. Yep. And me and Jill Stein will rule over a proletariat workers paradise. That's <laughs> sort of been his through line. That's right. And, and of that the- sort of didn't work out so good. So he's decided to become a, he's decided to capitalize, literally capitalize on that by making himself fairly wealthy. Yeah. By selling, you know, prepackaged revolutionary thought 
uh, for easy consumption by his morons. Yeah, the, his, the funny his... thing is, is for the longest time we were going, well, what is that something, something, something? What's part two right. of the underpants gnome business model? It's like, one, yeah. tear down the system. Number two, question mark. Number three, progressivism. Here we are. Right. Isn't this great? Right. Let's bring in Joel Stein. What is that second part? That was always my big concern. How many people are going to get mowed over in the mayhem that will occur in the second part of this ridiculous goddamn plan. And you know what? In the last, well, since uh, November 2016, we're witnessing maybe a little bit of a sneak preview in terms of what that question mark actually is. Number two in the underpants gnome Glenn Greenwald business model. Only a drooling jackbooted obot such as yourself, Bob. (laughs) Would, would bring up the, the trivial matter of number two on the list. I'm so vast um, and pernicious, right? You are. You are. Your power is reaching power. You, seriously, you have to stop masturbating with the infinity gauntlet there, there Bob, because bad things happen when you do that. Uh, but number two, I, I, I still have that video that I bring back to my, my blog every so often, which is him lecturing uh, at some college somewhere in 2010 or 11, I think it was, advising Democrats to sit out the next few elections. Yeah. Um, sure, you might sacrifice some of your short-term political goals, like health care and the lives of your children <laughs> yeah. and your schools right. and the environment, but eventually something, 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 and then the uprising will happen. But he really was saying, no, Democrats should just lose. Democrats should – because the Democratic Party doesn't appreciate you enough, you should sit at home and let, and make them lose a few times. That'll show them because yeah. that worked out great for the Bolsheviks, didn't it? That worked out that, – that was a terrific strategy. And that's his strategy. It's it's There's no point at which you will level a criticism at Glenn Greenwald that he will not pivot and say, yeah, but America sucks. Yeah. And anyone who disagrees with me is completely um, in the bag or a dupe or uh, a part of this system, or or basically Joy Reid is pulling your strings, or something like that. Yeah, There's yeah. no way you're ever going to make an argument to, with him where he will accept the premise that he might be wrong as a legitimate position. Well, and you know and what? So there's no point in, no, I was just saying there's no point in arguing with him because at no point will he accept the fact that arguing with him is legitimate as legitimate. Yeah, and there's there's two things that he bases uh, his whole position on the uh, on the Russian attack, and it's I mentioned the first one, which is the fact that Edward Snowden continues to be a guest of Putin, and if it seems like Edward Snowden's people are turning against Vladimir Putin, then it's very possible that Putin boots uh, Snowden out of, of Moscow, and then where does Putin go? I mean, where does uh, where does Snowden go? Uh, the other thing is, and this is the dumbest reason to be opposed to the Russian attack, which is to say, and this is something that Glenn Greenwald and all of his minion, all of his flying monkeys have have all engaged in, which is to say, well, you know, the United States has interfered in all kinds of elections in the past. So, well, I guess we should just sit here and tolerate it happening to us now. What could possibly go wrong there? That is the dumbest goddamn thing I've ever heard. What? what the, the United States has interfered in elections in the past. That somehow it makes it okay for our elections to be interfered with. D- does he even have any concept in terms of what elections mean especially in no. the united states that's a, no that, why why would he yeah no that's not what that's not his job i mean this yeah it, but seriously this is where i i i go a little uh, i go a little I, I i wasn't paranoid enough <laughs> because you remember that scene in total recall from the 90s yeah where arnold schwarzenegger is confronted with the fact that he he's actually someone else and you're going to wake up and you're going to be Cohagen's best buddy, you know? <laughs> I don't remember you. I don't remember me. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, 
oh no, there's this whole other personality that you really are that you're going to wake up and you're going to be the enemy's best friend. <laughs> I never imagined, honestly, that Glenn Greenwald would become Tucker Carlson's wacky sidekick yeah. on Fox News. Yeah. I mean, that really did just blew my mind. I, but that's what he does now. That's where he's there and he's on RT, but he's he found a home on Fox News. And he found a home on Fox News because if anybody hates this country more than Fox News, it's Glenn Greenwald. They can make common cause all they want and 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 that's and and get all the clicks and eyeballs they want, but he will always find a place for himself in the world because there'll always be people. There's always you know, money in the banana shack. And there's always money for people like that to go out and say and do terrible things and, and cut down anyone uh, who stands against them. Because honestly, there's no money on the other side. Uh, you know, liberals, there are no liberal deep pockets that I've been able to find. We, no. We on the left throw, as, I, as they used to say about the, um, the uh, Hallis family in Chicago, uh, throw nickels around like manhole covers. So, <laughs> you know, we, we do not support... Imagine, imagine if you will, if uh, if um, Stephanie Miller mm-hmm. were given two hundred million dollars, yeah, by an internet billionaire, and said, you know what, just go make Air America, but make it sure it doesn't suck this time. Make, don't drive it into the ground. Yeah. Imagine if if uh, if Digby were given a, a, a ten million bucks and said, Digby, go do great things with that money, but that doesn't happen because the agenda we serve is. Serving the poor, serving the sick, serving the outcasts, serving the immigrants, serving the minorities, serving women who are who are cast out, serving LGBT needs. And that's not where the money is. The money is with Shelley Adelson and with Pete Omidyar and people like that Mercers. who have a vested interest in wrecking this place and stripping it for parts. Yeah, yeah. And it, we've. I think uh, a lot of us have been told uh, at one point or another, I've certainly been told, I know Stephanie Miller has been told, that we could make a fortune, millions and millions of dollars a year if we just became conservatives. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're engaging in uh, in the bulk buying of books. That continues. <laughs> I mean, you know, you look at the top 10 podcasts in the news and politics section on iTunes. A lot of these are conservative shows that when you listen to them, they just suck. But you know what? Yeah. They're they're in the top 10 because they're boosted and promoted and a lot of money has been spent on creating these podcasts and getting the word out there uh, to bring in as many eyeballs, fake eyeballs or real eyeballs. It doesn't matter just as long as they get eyeballs somehow. And that and that continues to go on. But I mean, g- going back to uh, Glenn Greenwald, yeah. um, here's here's something he tweeted today. This is a tweet he he uh, put out there with regard to uh, let's see oh yeah this is the this is what he has to say about the Michael Cohen situation says who the bri- you know the bribery situation where it's possible Michael Cohen was collecting money to hand over to Donald Trump in the new American kleptocracy the Putin style kleptocracy that Trump is building here so here's Glenn Greenwald's response to that to the to the rise of American oligarchs in a Putin-style kleptocracy. This is what Glenn Greenwald has to say. Yep, the feigned shock over how people close to political power are able to sell influence to corporations is laughable. That's how D.C. works for decades. That's what K Street, the revolving door lobbying sleaze is about. D.C. elites love to pretend bad things started only with Trump. So here he is giving a pass to Donald Trump and Michael Cohen because, well, lobbying. Says who? On K Street. Sure. And because this has happened before. But what we're talking about here is the President of the United States in the context of a massive, unprecedented, in the history of human civilization, election attack 
that we have been witnessing and that we continue to witness today because we're seeing hints of what's going to go on with regard to the midterms today. In fact, we have a new report from the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, documenting how the Russians got very, very close to being able to change all kinds of voter registration records, by the way. And that's now confirmed as a thing. And in fact, the Senate Intelligence Committee has said that they're not sure the full extent in terms of how deeply some Russians were able to get into voter registration databases. But this is, uh, oh yeah, it's, you know, this happens all the time, right, Glenn Greenwald? This is happening every damn day, isn't it? And it's been happening oh, yeah. for years. So that makes it somehow okay, and that bad things only started with Trump is what he's suggesting that we're saying. You know, this is well, just, it's always Russia. I mean, yeah. this really does rhyme perfectly with Donald Trump when when confronted by Bill O'Reilly of all people, uh, that, that Putin's a killer. Putin kills people. He kills journalists. Killer. Yeah. And yeah. what was, well, you know, you th- we think you're so innocent. We think we're so innocent. We kill people too. Right. You know, we did plenty of killing too. That was the response <laughs> of the guy running for the highest office in the land. Well, we're yep. just as shitty as they are. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you know, everybody knows that it's, and it really is this automatic deflection when it comes to their sugar daddy, the person that they're really, really, they, they, they can't defend the scumbags that they're beholden to on the merits. Yeah. So what do they go to? They go to the all purpose, all purpose defense of every conservative I've ever met when their libel is up in their face. Well, you know, both sides. Do. Yeah. yeah you know, both it's, sides. It's, this is just a variation of the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's what about ism Russian yep. uh, intelligence has always used what about ism as an ongoing propaganda tool. That is a, <laughs> it's drawn right from the, uh, the Russian playbook, by the way. And now our media has has absorbed it into their bloodstream to the point where they can't survive without it. Yeah, they they real they're the way we structure our political discussions is that around that premise that that no matter what psychopath is no what what psychotic behaviors being evidenced on the right, we have to find a way to put someone over here and Rick Santorum over there, yeah. and you know, red ants and black ants will fight in a bottle. And that's how our programming will be. Mm. And it's turned us, and, and this is where it really does poison us. Yeah. Because the people I know who are good-hearted and nice and really busy and, and don't get involved in politics, all they know is there's a lot of shouting. Yeah. Everyone's so angry all the time. Everyone's so mean all the time. They've absorbed that message that somehow, because, I, and I've used this analogy before, Donald Trump says something incredibly racist in 120-point font. I say, did you see that Donald Trump just says something really racist and 120 point <laughs> font? And Chuck Todd wants to talk about font size. <laughs> he yeah. He's not interested in the content of anything. It's just, well, no. see here, they're both so loud. And now if I talked at 70 point font, no one would hear me. Yeah. <laughs> if I talked to 168. So if you, even if my argument is correct, the tone police come along and say, yeah, but you said it so shrilly. Yeah. You said it so angrily. And that's well, uh, and really because George Will has a goddamn column today, which sounds a lot like me and he's getting paid. So I don't understand. Oh, it's only conservatives are allowed to participate in this discussion. And because, that's how they can win without being right all the time. They don't right. have to be exactly. right all the time. All they have to do is confuse people. And in the mm-hmm. confusion, 
people who the casual the people you were just talking about the casual observers of the political scene who may they may vote every uh, November they may vote in the primaries too but they're not looking at politics up close with their faces pressed against their computer monitors like you are drift glass or like I do every day or what blue gal does every day or, or a bunch of our friends that doesn't happen all the time with all whatever it is 300 or however many 150 million voters out there that doesn't happen, and so what ends up happening is, is they see all of that sturm and drag, and they they just go, oh, geez, well, it sounds like both sides have a point. So yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know, and well, and that's where and, 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 and Fox News Channel and Donald Trump drive semi tractor trailers through yeah. that big yep. big ass gap, and that's and that's how Fox News ends up winning. That's how Trump yeah. ends up winning by the confusion and the futility of people who don't follow all of the details. And, uh, and, and, and this is why I, I'm actually kind of hopeful in the long run. Yeah. Because what it tells me, what it tells me that um, uh, if you give me or you or Blue Gal or really any liberal I know of who blogs or writes or podcasts or whatever, five minutes, three minutes, we can tell you the entire history of the Republican Party, how we got to where we are, what the problem is, and how to fix it. In, in without yelling or saying fuck more than three or four times. And that's a record for me. Yeah. So we can do that. And we can do it we can do it with our hands tied behind our back. I can roll out of bed in the morning and do it. It's not that hard. It the yeah. it, the evidence is overwhelming. So the question then becomes why aren't those voices ever present anywhere? Mm. And the answer is they're terrified of us. Yeah. They're terrified of us. I, I I've started to take to I've taken to using the phrase memory is the liberal superpower. <laughs> because we there's absolutely scared shitless that we will bring up go all the way back to the Obama administration. Yeah. <laughs> and I bring know. up the shit they pulled, you know, four years ago, five years ago, six yeah. years ago, that they desperately don't want to talk about because it proves our point. So I'm actually confident because they're so weak. These people are so weak. Even the never Trumpers, yeah, especially the never Trumpers in some cases, are so pathetically weak, they will not engage in an actual debate with an actual liberal. And the entire media is set up to make sure that no such encounters ever happen. Because when they happen, conservatives always lose. When there's a fair fight, conservatives always lose. Yep. So I'm I'm weirdly hopeful because their jaws are so glassy and their and their their arguments are so frail that one punch and they go down. So the whole media structure is set up to make sure that punch never happens. And it's going to. Yeah. It's it's this the the Michael Cohen thing is the first crack in that. And I, I truly believe the, the structure will collapse, and then we have to be ready. That's the thing. After after the shit hits the fan, then what do we do? Because the, there was a moment when Marcos Melitzis, for God's sakes, was on Meet the Press. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. For a hot minute. Yeah. Uh, so when our moment comes, what do we want the country to know about the alternative to these lunatics? Well, you know— That's what uh, I'm thinking through. Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow. Hello, Bob. She is the number one cable news show on television. Now, in the past, when you get a number one show like this that turns out to be something that is not commonly seen as a number one show, um, you have a race by other television networks and even the television network that hosts the number one show to create copycat shows. Like, oh, that seems to be working. Let's do something just like that because, hmm, people seem to like when a thoughtful, (laughs) intelligent woman delivers essays and information and and puts together these reductive, you know, things that go point to point to point to point. People seem to like that. Hmm, maybe we should do more of that. But nope, nope, that's not... (laughs) That's not what's happening now. I have a better idea, though. Yeah. Let's spend $60 million and hire Megyn Kelly 
and put her on <laughs> yeah. on liberal TV yeah. and watch her bomb. Right. You know, just I could have saved them sixty million dollars up front. Just uh, said, just talk to any liberal anywhere. Yeah. Nobody, none of none of the Fox people I know, none of the conservatives you know, were watching Fox News to listen to Megan Kelly's deep and penetrating insights into the issues of the day. Right. They were jerking off. They were watching. Ooh, she's pretty. She dresses nice, and she tells me all the creepy ass right wing shit I want to hear. Yeah. She whispers sweet, crazy wingnut nothings into my ear. The minute she stopped doing that. Every conservative I know lost interest in her. Oh yeah, yeah. Because she was just no. That uh, I'm sorry. She she got religion and she's no longer available. So, um, and nobody followed her over to the other network that thought mm-hmm. here's what we should do as opposed to emulating Rachel Maddow five times, which we could do for sixty million dollars. Yeah. Let's spend a chunk of money and bring this. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to call her because she's certainly not a journalist. This figurehead, this this piece of ice, this nice. A uh, piece of jewelry that fits very well around the fox throat. Yeah. Put it over here and see if people will follow. And they didn't. And mm-hmm. they were never going to. No. And that's why I am convinced that the networks are run by idiots. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, really? Breaking news. I huh? just, I. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Sorry, I started my music and it was going bop, 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 bop. I don't know what's happening to my buttons today. but Okay, so you know what? We've got the postmortem show coming up next. We're going to talk about a few more things uh, for a couple of seconds, which is what we do for our Patreon subscribers over at patreon.com. Uh, you can find our Patreon page by going to bobsesco.com and clicking the all-caps Patreon link just beneath the logo right next to our Amazon link, and it takes you to our Patreon page where you can sc- subscribe at various levels. And those levels give you various kinds of bonus content. At $5 a month, you get two post-mortem shows every week. At $10 a month, you get two post-mortem shows every week, plus the Friday After Party with Kimberly A. Johnson. And uh, at $15 a month, you get uh, all that crap, plus a commercial-free version of this show. And in case you didn't know, we uh, for our $15 a month subscribers, this show is joined together seamlessly with the post-mortem show, so you only have to download one file. See how convenient that is? Go do it now. Go sign up. Also, make sure to support the Professional Left Podcast on Twitter. It is uh, Pro Left Podcast or at Pro Left Podcast. Do we even say the ad anymore? I don't care. Nah. Also, uh, the Professional Left Podcast can be found on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and of course at professionalleft.blogspot.com. Is that still active? You're still working on that one? That's still active. And, and I, if you want me to, I'll come to your house and just stand at the bus stop and rave it at you. <laughs> I think, you know what? I think we're both available for that. <laughs> so contact me by email or at our Patreon page, and maybe Driftglass and I will come, come to your house and scream about Glenn Greenwald for an hour. Uh, also, uh, some plugs here at the end of the show. Buzz Burbank is found at buzzburbank.com and at Michael J. Elston on Twitter. Mark and Lowell can be found at realmnetwork.com. Jody Hamilton's at from-the-bunker.com. Jackie Schechner is... Is killing it at investigaterussia.org. What a valuable resource that is. So thanks to uh, Jackie Schechner and Rob Reiner and everyone involved in investigaterussia.org. Stephanie Miller shows at stephaniemiller.com. You can hear me on Wednesdays there. Kimberly Johnson's podcast is at patreon.com slash start me up. And uh, you can also hear this here podcast on littlegreenfootballs.com. Thanks to Charles Johnson for that. All right, post-mortem shows coming up next. Thanks to Drift Glass and Blue Gal. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye.